Okay. I'm just going to burp up all the um, Mexican food I had for dinner. That sounds excellent. Delicious way to do a podcast. Oh, yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, those enchiladas are going to say hello to everybody. (laughs) Uh, I've just got my morning coffee. Yeah. Time zone's crazy. It's just after it's just after midday here. So. It's weird. It's weird being on a planet, on a circle, mm. a sphere. Yeah, yeah, it's real weird being on a sphere. Flat circle, yeah. <laughs> a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So, oh, we should share the show notes with you, so you can you can keep up with where we are in the notes. Oh, okay. Uh, here's the link. Yeah, do that. yeah. Just feel free to like hop in, whatever. I yeah. would have totally like made spots oh no well, it's, I mean, it's fine i found out He's about you being here 20 minutes ago He's so a pro i thought i mentioned it earlier <laughs> i didn't you never told me he's like we I have thought, a guest tonight i thought I'm i mentioned like, it I thought I, I thought I mentioned it i was like wait a minute i guess i didn't mention it my bad but you know tom's tom's the best when it comes to guests we're all pros we're all pros here it's cool i like the improv you know Cool, cool, cool. So we're doing four. I thought we were doing four and five. I thought we were going to do four and five too, Toasty. Didn't you say I four and five like last there week? There was too much in four. There was a lot. There's a lot of four. Four is I very I felt important. like there was way too much. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> to be fair, there's way too much in all of them. So we're just going to have to suck it up at some point. But some I point. felt like. I mean, four has having, four has a lot of concepts. It's having a very Law important episode. surprise and the last wish in one episode is going to be like two hours. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, we'll try to blow through some of the some of the uh, I don't know, some of the less important bits. And just kind of focus on more the more important bits if we can. It's weird to do a recap of an episode of a show that's longer than the actual episode of the show. <laughs> I mean, we spent an hour and a half dissecting a like minute and a half trailer. Like I <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's that's a different animal. That's a different thing altogether. Like I mean, I, mean, this I, does, I understand this does why cover a lot of law it covers yeah. covers the elder races. Yeah, no, I totally understand why it happens, but it's just it, like the it occurred to me. Man, it occurred to me the other surprise. day. I was like, this is kind of weird. They they really throwing <laughs> in some weird some weird ones in here. I think Phil's an anonymous ifrit. Okay, <laughs> Google out the weirdest things. That's <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, we should probably tweet about this too because people are gonna be like, "What? You're early? What's going on?" Yep, definitely. A wizard is never early. Uh, well, you might be a wizard. I'm not. <laughs> are you? Are you a wizard, Toasty? The answer is yes. If someone asks you, Ray, if you're a wizard, the answer is yes. That was a merger of two quotes in one. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Um, the The Witcher. Lorecast is alive. Come join us. Come get in our Yerden circle. Mm, 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 yeah. So why don't you slow down a little bit? <laughs> get trapped. Light yourselves on fire with a bit of igni. <laughs> why don't you just light yourself on fire? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm still waking up. <laughs> That's totally good. Uh, I put in the discord since you were typing up the tweet. Thanks. See, that's why you're a good teammate. 
I'm terrible. <laughs> Don't lie. You're you're humble. You're a humble man. All right, tweet it out. There we go. Everyone's gonna be Preach like, "What? It. You guys are early. What happened? Why are you early? You started without me." Because we wanna be. Because we wanna be podcast. Because we because we because we can. Did you at me? I'll retweet it or oh, or not. Okay, I'll 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 retweet. I'll quote tweet and at you. I forgot. Yes. I forgot. Scruff. Um, I have I have all of three fifty followers. I can tweet. Special. Too. We special have a special guest. <gasps> more followers than us. Scruff. Two Fs, right? Scruff. 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 Uh, yeah. 77. Uh, oh, there's a few yeah, different Scruffs. 1K, 1K, 2Fs. 1K, 2Fs. Uh, 2Ks, 1F. 2Ks, 1F. Oh, God. There's too many of you. Sorry. That's my game. <laughs> there you handle. are. Sorry. Okay. There we go. Uh, there's too many people with a very similar name as you. I guess <laughs> I guess there's a few people like you that are on my list of like autofills and i'm like oh god there was there was like a, there's like a pro game with a very very similar name to your me. name is phil you could have gone with autofill that would have been a good one. Oh, that's good yeah mm. uh, i could have gone with uh, one l of a name as well from oh here i'm, I'm tagged baby, baby beer media also scruff from baby beer media do it do it do it do it woo i'm gonna add a woo all things a woo all makes things. it even more fun people are gonna see the woo and they're gonna be like oh i definitely can't oh, not i go better now. get in on this right now absolutely i have to click the link how do we not click that link just end me fam <laughs> what's up welcome to the stream that's a great name yeah oh, i approve name. is there a way i can see the the chat as well uh we're on twitch.tv slash robots radio uh sweet so if you want to go in there, Twitch. Twitch. I know in well, um, I, at the moment I can no longer really watch my favorite streamer because of time zone differences. Mm, mm, that's a bummer. They don't come on until like midnight. Well, you could become like a mm, a night dweller. A vampire. I already, I'm already way too much of a night. <laughs> I was watching these, recapping these episodes at like midnight, one o'clock last night. Rob the princess. What's up, dude? Hey. Hey, everybody. Good to be here, guys. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Man, next week's going to be fun too. We're going to have all of our Leshen tier patrons joining us oh my god all five all five of them. we're gonna be surrounded by lessons that sounds oh, scary man. that's that's pretty scary <laughs> that's i don't think i've ever even i don't think i've ever even taken one out in uh oh in no games. oh They're very scary one is yeah. scary enough yeah to be honest well toasty's the, the one that five. named the tiers i don't know why you went with leshen because <laughs> that's powerful he surrounded us with lessons he could have named yeah. he could have named tier five like I don't know, busty barmaids or something. But no, we had to go with the lessons. It's not like the big thing, though. Like, what? I mean, that would have been nice. Lots of, surrounded in lots of silly Australianisms. <laughs> uh, ben of Tamaria says he's a witcher. Well, technically, you are a lesson, Ben of Tamaria. It's, it is he's going to come in and kill all the lessons. It'll be bad it, for you. It doesn't online. really matter. None of the tears are anything good. They're just all monsters anyways. So. Mm-hmm. Well, just, can't do anything about it. Well, but aren't humans the real monsters? As yeah. is the theme of the show. There, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is that. There is that. Um, 
I mean, you could you could evolve to a higher level and become a higher vampire. That is more human than a Leshen in true. some ways. It's more I mean, humanoid. Regis, Regis is very cool. He is very much a cool guy and not very bad of a guy either. Do you, so, do you guys have favorite favorite witch monsters? Mm, that's oh, a tough one. Man. Favorites favorites in general are hard for me. Um, it's a difficult one. Busty Lessons? <laughs> From busty the vampire says, we should just split it. <laughs> just go with Busty Lessons. I don't know. Ah, the sexy tree monsters. Hmm. Mm. That's like an end mm. wife. <laughs> I'm sure there's already rule 34. Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. Hey, oh, dear. Don't oh, search man. it. Don't do it. Do don't that. do it. I'm doing it right now. Don't do it. Cognito tab. Don't do it. For, for Lessons in particular? Busty Lessons? This got to be putting, cool, guys. Uh, I just have have a little less faith in humanity. It is. The, it is the see. internet. Oh my god! <laughs> Why? Why is this a thing? Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> he warned you. Oh no! I warned you. He see, warned there was you. The things I was I was I was expecting, and then there was things that I wasn't expecting them to go with. It. So <laughs> I will. The, it's always the stuff I we don't confirm, expect. I will confirm the fact that I did see a busty lesson uh-huh. on that search. <laughs> okay, so okay. it's there. But that's that's the danger. The danger of the search is not the thing that you come up with in your head and you think you might see. It's the stuff that you don't think you might. You, you don't. Real, it's the things you're ignorant to until you do the search. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, he's because busted. He's busted. It's, it's the fine. stuff. It's the stuff that like you with a oh, mostly oh, mostly damn. normal functioning brain haven't come up with yet. <laughs> that somebody on the internet has. That's the problem. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time to start the show. You guys ready? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Let's do it. Here we go. Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your your source for everything having to do with The Witcher, and usually we talk about the games, but this week we're continuing our look at The Witcher series on Netflix with episode four of season one. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am back with my wonderful co-host, the toastiest toasty of them all. How, how was that? Was that one? Was that better? We're back on toasty. In fact, we're so toasty. Until you like actually can't anymore. Until you just actually can't. Oh, I can go forever. Oh dear. I can just keep going. And um, well, Toasty and I are back, but we also have a very special guest. We have somebody who you might recognize from the Robots Radio Network. A a long bearded baby. (laughs) Our good buddy Phil. From, the, from from baby beer media and welcome phil from roll to cast i'm just getting pictures of babies with beards and now i'm just cracking myself yeah, up sticks it sticks in your mind it does stick in your mind I'm just i uh, just have i don't know for some reason i have gandalf the baby now gandalf because the baby. you said long bearded baby in particular yes oh. yes Phil, um, <laughs> for those of for, the, for those of our audience who are not familiar with Roll to Cast, can you can you give them just like a quick little like you know elevator pitch on what you guys do on your show? 
Yeah, sure can. Uh, so uh, we're four Australian uh, actors and creatives who make a TTRPG uh, actual play podcast. So uh, the twist being that we play a different game every season with a different person in the storyteller's chair, uh, a new original soundtrack for each one as well. And we edit the whole thing together with the uh, style of a audio drama. So you've got um, tight editing, sound effects, original music, and self-contained stories as well. So uh, we've just wrapped up uh, our fifth season, which was Kids on Bikes, and serendipitously, uh, we are just about to start our season of The Witcher TTRPG, which starts on this Friday. Very cool. Yeah, and you guys have played Cyberpunk. You've played uh, Kids on Bikes. You just wrapped up. You've done a number of different series. All of them are super entertaining. Lots of fun to listen to. Thank you. You guys, you guys are hilarious. You get into to some really wacky situations, some very intense situations. Um, always fun to listen to. And you even trade off on who is actually DMing or refereeing or whatever the role is, depending yeah. on the, the game you're playing. We, we try and we try and fit the, the storyteller to the system and story. So mm -hmm. uh, whoever we feel is is going to be kind of best suited to that world. So, yeah, I've done the two cyberpunk series we've done so far and now I'm doing The Witcher as well. Yeah. So it kind of all fits together with our Talsorian running the whole you're cyberpunk. Talsorian guy? Yeah, well, we're, they've been extremely supportive of us, uh, so we we really like to sort of partner with them. Uh, they were they were very generous to us. Uh, they let us have the rules for Cyberpunk Red early, so we could do a series that released like as the game was releasing as well. So yeah, the uh, Jay in particular, should be shout out to Jay Gray from Artel Soaring Games, who's just a huge supporter of anyone who does actual plays of their games. Um, we've also do interviews with the people who create the games. So Jay's been on, we've had Mike Pondsmith on, we've had um, uh, Cody on as well. So they've yeah. just been fantastic to us. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're awesome. They're such a, such a wonderful group, such an awesome company. Uh, I have, I haven't had the, the pleasure of interviewing Mike, but Cody and Jay have been on um, a few of our shows multiple times and, and just awesome guys. Super, super cool and very supportive of what we do on some of these shows as well. And awesome that, you know, with your shows. But uh, um, if you haven't checked out Roll to Cast, go check them out. R-O-L-E, not roll like as in rolling, but roll as in a role that you play and uh, go check them out. Lots of fun stuff. And they're starting The Witcher this coming Friday. Can I plug one more thing? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we're actually nominated for the Australian Podcast Awards this year. We've uh, we're up for uh, best fiction podcast. Um, uh, but until uh, the beginning of December, we're also eligible for a Listener's Choice Award. So if you uh, if you do enjoy our podcast, you can go to the Australian Podcast Awards com forward slash vote, and you can uh, pop a vote in for us as well. So that might help us uh, win that if you're uh, if you're a big fan of TTRPG podcasts. Nice, and you don't even have to be an Aussie to vote. No, no, because it's it's Australian produced content. It's listened to all over the world. So it's really whoever is a listener is allowed to vote. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. That sounds awesome. Thank well, you. Here we go. Well, we're going to kick this off because episode four is a very important episode of banquets, bastards and burials. So, Toasty, where we where do we start with this one? We start at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we left off last episode with Siri kind of in a trance, walking into a forest, a mysterious forest, as her elf friend got shot behind her. Um, and she's still in this trance, walking into the forest, till she she breaks out of it, 
in this clearing and she's just surrounded by dryads it yeah, happens to me all the time yeah <laughs> again yeah, relatable. not again uh. <laughs> um and uh it seems like she kind of like convinces him not to kill her um it's not really her doing probably uh and they start to lead her off and then uh we're introduced to i don't think they name her in this episode but i don't the, think so the main dryad lady that is Ithna. um this this is a big part in the books so i i don't know why they didn't name her it's kind of disappointing but Hmm. You know, I think it's part of the mystery. Keeping it more mysterious. Yeah. I guess. there's a, yeah. there's a lot of mystery that surrounds this, especially in this episode, because they they, I I think you're getting her perspective on this. That like she's kind of the point of view character, so you're hmm. getting her confusion and her perspective on all of this. Hmm. Well, you initially think the dryads have have it's them who've called her in, but they're just as confused as she is. It's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, normally. Cause in the situations that someone tries to enter Broccolon, they're normally just killed. Like they try to, well, you walk see in, all the skeletons, shots. right? Yeah. There's just a whole bunch of bodies littered there. And the fact that she made it into the woods at all is basically a miracle. So then we, we, we move past that. We get to, uh, we're in a tavern. There's a man. He's going on about uh, how he saw this Selkie Moore swallow the Witcher that they hired. I love this um, scene. And um, meanwhile, Yaskier's just like behind him, writing down every detail that this man is laying out. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Oh, this is this is going to be great for my next ballad." Oh, go on, and- go on. G- Geralt is never going to gives me this much detail. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and and the guys, you know, so convinced that the Witcher's dead and that they're they're screwed. Uh-huh. And Yaskier's like, mm, nah, he's fine. Yeah, he's yeah, all right. Don't worry about it. And then he just, we see Geralt just slam into the bar, and he is just covered in like guts and gore. Is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Every time I see this scene, I get the picture in my head of what this looked like in pre-production with him standing outside and he's got like two or three people with buckets of just blood <laughs> slop, just like painting him and just pouring it over his head for like 15 minutes, just trying to soak him in blood slop in order to make him look just like totally thoroughly covered in this whatever I may this be crap completely is. mistaken, but I feel like we we heard a part at some point, maybe during WitcherCon with Henry Cavill or something, I think that like the gory parts, like the chunky bits, is supposed to be like raspberry jam or something. Uh huh. Like that's what they used. <laughs> that like, sounds familiar. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. So, which is um, interesting because they say he smells terrible. Uh, the idea being <laughs> it's this water creature, you know, it's inside smell even worse than its outsides. But in reality, he would have smelled quite pleasant. Right, right. He walked in and probably smelled sweet and, and fruity. <laughs> no, they, he, he probably just walked in and the person, I believe the line is, what's that smell? Uh-huh. And it's like, maybe raspberry he was jam. not expecting to smell raspberry jam whenever he saw this. <laughs> He's like, what is that smell? This is weird. Yeah, maybe it was like a, a legitimately real take and they were like, no, we're keeping it. <laughs> so, Geralt I, I, do, I do like that it's left to our imagination as well what a Selkimore is as well. We just sort of know that it's a river monster with a big mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. something big enough to swallow him. Uh, it, so then Geralt, he walks to the bar. Um, he's still covered in the slop. Um, and Yaskier uh, is trying to, I guess, convince him that he owes him 
something mm-hmm. because oh, yeah, he's, he's telling him like i yeah. made you famous by the way so you owe me i should be taking 10 percent of your coin but i'll well, settle I think, this, for- <laughs> I think this is underlined by the fact that he gets the whole bar to sing toss a coin to your witcher uh-huh. so that's that's underlining the fact that he is doing what he said he would do which is improve the witcher's image and have people celebrate him rather than fear him which is funny because right. Geralt never asked for any of this. No. <laughs> Gaskier did it all of his own accord. And he's like, now you owe me. So uh, he's basically settles for a favor. Um, and he seems real desperate about whatever it is that he needs. Cause he's kind of like, you know, he he's going on an elaborate detail and then he's finally like, Geralt, please. Yeah. Geralt, Geralt wine, women, money. And, so, yes. and so uh then we we moved to Geralt getting a bath uh, and getting cleaned up um and i just this was a funny note for me was the fact that um is talking about how they're friends and Geralt mm-hmm. says you're not my friend um and Yaskier says so you just let anyone rub chamomile on your lovely bottom and it's like what yeah like at what point did, did, <laughs> he did it happen that point <laughs> yeah and and why like, what, like, yeah, like fair. i didn't look this up but is there a specific reason why chamomile would be rubbed on your your butt like well he's probably in the saddle all day he needs needs a bit of is it for saddle rack like or something yeah. like, can you imagine yeah, like getting a whole, yeah getting a whole <laughs> bunch of well he's on the saddle all day plus he just went who knows how long with a bunch of silky more guts but here's the his, thing like, tight leather pants here's the he's thing probably, you what? can reach your own butt. Well, was there, he, what's the story where Geralt couldn't have rubbed it on his own butt that he needed somebody else to do it for him? Look, <laughs> we don't question it, but also I'm questioning it. Anyways, <laughs> um, and uh, Geralt's, uh, he asked, he was asking for help. He needs a bodyguard and Geralt's not happy about him be, himself being a bodyguard because Gaskier, um, I think the quote was, stuck his sausage in the wrong pantry. <laughs> in a royal so, pantry. The wrong, yeah, the wrong royal pantry. So uh-huh. is getting in trouble for um, not keeping it in his pants with the right people. So he needs a bodyguard. Uh, and then they kind of have a talk uh, about, like, I think the dynamic of their relationship. And we find out that Geralt really doesn't want to be relied on or have anyone that he needs to rely on, mm-hmm. which is kind of a big deal there, especially for those that know where this is going. Um, you're probably not going to get that Geralt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they makes he makes a good point about him. I think it's in this one, this point where he says, you know, you, you always do end up involved. Is it this conversation where he, he says that? He- where uh, he basically says, I, I stay aloof all the time. And he's like, well, yeah, you say that, except but that you funnily don't. enough, you, yeah. all, you always end up involved. Right. Yeah, and he does. That is very true. He is always, he's always getting involved with problems, even whenever he tries to say, you know, I stay neutral, but he really <laughs> doesn't. Um, so then we, we enter the courtroom. Yaskier wants Geralt to be discreet. He doesn't want anyone to know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get Mausak, uh, which we met in episode one, uh, and he just screams, Geralt's of Rivia. 
<laughs> just out loud whole court can hear it um and i, so, I love yeah. him by the way I like so good i'm so sad i'm so sad when we actually see him die uh, spoilers mm-hmm. by the way if anybody like anyway yeah, we're, we're recapping the netflix series we're so recapping spoilers, the series guys. it's been out for a while, a while now but um like and, and that actor like he's been in other stuff he's very familiar but mm. I, 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 I really I like no him. Idea. Like, he's very familiar. He's got to very me. nice, understated energy to him. Yes. Yeah. There's something just like, uh, maybe it's just his eyes. There's something just very friendly and endearing about him. Like, he just seems like such a good dude. <laughs> yeah. You, you get, um, you get a very, you get a very quickly, um, uh, a nice kind of shorthand that they have a nice relationship that they're both kind of down to earth and they have an mm-hmm. ease with each other, yeah. which is great. It's something we've not seen so much about Geralt up to this point is that, you know, there are people in his life or in his past that, you know, he has this kind of bond with um, good fond memories and a camaraderie. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not always the loner. There are people yeah. in his world that, that call him a close friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Keep but this is Sack's chance to do some exposition for us as well. Oh yes, so we get we do get a bit of a an expedi- exposition here. This this party is to determine who's going to get the hand of Princess Pavetta in marriage, um, and then he kind of pulls him to the side to tell us that really it's just a show. Um, it's already pretty much been arranged that. Uh, crack on crate from Skellige is going to be the uh, the person that wins here, but they got to put on put on the act to make it seem like you know everyone has a chance when really they don't. So and that, and there's okay. the finer point as well that um, that they can't solidify the alliance through um, iced because Calanthe doesn't want to get married because she doesn't want to be overshadowed by her husband yes which um i don't know i don't think that they ever really go into that detail with um with the show that you get in the books because in centra like even though calanthe's been queen this whole time and honestly she's very like clever and talented when it comes to kind of uh getting past the 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 barriers that there is for you know her being in charge because Sintra very much wants a man in charge they don't want a female yeah. to be in charge of it um and Calanthe's done a lot of work to make sure that you know she actually has the authority that she has earned because i mean we get to see how much of like a badass she is um, yeah she and- talks about this when they have the conversation at the high table she talks about navigating the man's world so it's not as detailed but at least they kind of they kind of allude to, to yeah. what she's been doing uh, and it gives a good reason why, you know, Iced and her can't get married. Yeah. And in, in the situation of like Sintrin politics, like if she was to marry, all the authority would immediately go to the man. Like even though she's yeah, been- Yeah, it's kind of similar. Years, it's it kind of similar to the queen and, and Prince Philip, right? Not exactly the same, but- So then speaking of which, Calanthe uh, makes her entrance- uh, also covered in significantly less gore, but she's got blood smattered on her face. She's still wearing her armor from the battlefield. She's still got her sword. Um, it be- very much showing us that Calanthe's like not just some 
I'm, I'm, I'm she's not, not just a figurehead. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just a foppish queen. Um, but that she actually like gets she she gets down and dirty. She doesn't leave everything to you know. She's the uh, lion. Yeah, the lion or the lioness. I and she's been she's been off putting down rebellions in the south. Yep. Now, um, I want to I want to just jump in here. The the first time we see her, she's considerably older because yeah. series older and she's she's older and in this episode she's younger and not only do you get this like alluded to in the fact that she's in her armor and she's you know got blood on her and you know she looked like she's already kicked a bunch of butts but also the scene later on when she's talking with Geralt you have this more spry more energetic version of her um and she's cockier she's cockier she's like she's making like like her eyes are a little bit more lively like the 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 actress is just like there's there's more energy in her in her Mm. um performance and this version of her and the actress uh like i I gain in watching this performance i gain even more respect for the portrayal of her and the the things the actress did like I, i i really like her more in this yeah episode. and i'm glad they didn't like age her up for the later scenes even though it's like several decades later she just does it with her performance which is plenty yeah it really works like I, there's a there's a lot going on here and it really works and so she makes this entrance and we can see that pavetta's at the table uh she seems upset um i'm not i I feel like this was the, the same like look she had on her face. The entire episode was the, <laughs> was there the tears nearly brimming out of the eyes. Uh-huh. I feel like the we saw that sa- every time we saw her, but <laughs> early GOT Sansa look. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but so she, she seems upset um, in this situation. Uh, and it's kind of seems like she's upset about this whole ordeal and having to be forced to marry. And Kalanthi's trying to tell her like, you know, you're the daughter of the lioness of Sintra. You need to act like it. I can't. Calanthe very much not soft, whereas it no. seems like Pavetta <laughs> has that more soft side in this situation. And Calanthe's just trying to be like, you know, tough it up here. I don't want you crying. Like none of your waterworks here. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it it does seem like it's in a very like not just a rude manner like she actually like cares but she has a, i guess expectations for this it's situation. the hard reality talk isn't it it's like this is the world you live in sorry yeah mm-hmm. yeah she's not being needlessly cruel she's not being nice about it either mm-hmm. yeah uh so we we leave this situation we go back to siri um who is with the dryads and they're giving her it's just a small bit of exposition about you know like how we did what we had to to survive after the conjunction and we were you know pursued by monsters and man um we we became what we had to become uh and we also see here that dar has been injured which we saw that he was shot down before uh and he's he's now in brockalon they're caring for him um I'm 
fairly certain that you're not supposed to just rip out arrows. <laughs> yeah, um, it seems like a very destructive way to remove an arrow. Pretty, pretty sure you meant to go through. Not yeah, like you're supposed to push out. it through because the point of an arrow is that it does more damage coming out. <laughs> it has those spikes on the back. Yeah. 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 So perhaps <laughs> they just. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say with the point with the exposition about the conjunction, I think it's an important point they make is that the conjunction brought both monsters and men. They're part of the same event, the band, you know, and to, and to the dryads, you know, the men are just as dangerous as monsters, which is, you know, this running theme throughout, you know, that, that men are just as humans are just as monstrous as anything else in the world. Uh, if not worse, cause there's more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering at this point, if we'll ever like make a return to Broccolon because of the books we do. Um, and they definitely didn't spend a lot of time no. on anything here. When in the books, you get way more, like you learn way more about it. You know, what kind of people are, uh trying to get to broccolon and like basically tear it down um and what they do to prevent that from happening so i'm wondering if we'll go back at some point and get some more of this information or if they're just going to leave it uh it's it's a wonderful location uh, i think they they um uh they they do great with it there's a lot of good locations in this episode actually but broccolon has this they maybe overused a little bit of the lens flare and stuff to give it that shiningness but i i think the place they've chosen and and the you know the flowing waters and the greenery really gives you a sense of place that this is kind of outside of the world of men and and it really is a kind of mystical old place well she just left a snowy field mm. like the world that she was in before she entered this this I don't know. Wooded glade was winter. It was it was frozen mm. winter. I mean, she like she she shared her glove with her elf friend in order for them to keep their hands from freezing, and it was constantly keeping them under her clothes and warm, and and they were shivering the whole time, barely able to sleep. It was so cold, and then all of a sudden they entered this what appears to be this warm oasis. You know, so mm. yeah, it's very much clearly a, a different environment altogether. So uh, they pour a bunch of water on Dara's wound uh, and it kind of bubbles up like, I guess, uh, like hydrogen peroxide kind of. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, then they're told that uh, the, the waters of Broccolon are very potent and that they're going to have to drink the waters uh, to determine if they're, they have pure intentions because if uh, they're not, they'll, they're going to die. Um, and that if you are pure hearted, it, it doesn't do anything, but it will change you over time. Um, and I don't think it's specifically said, but uh, it, this would be a situation where if she was to drink it for a long enough time, I guess not her particularly, but if anyone else was to, they would s- slowly be turned into a dryad. Yeah, they, they say in the, in the show that, that they they'll forget. For, they'll forget, right? Yeah, they yeah. forget. So it does change you beyond just forgetting because mm. a lot of these these girls that we see here, all these dryads, they're female only, um, and they they'll drink the waters. They'll forget who they were. They'll get a new identity. They'll start to develop the features of the dryads. Um, but then most of these girls here, I would I would wager, are not like pure blooded dryads they get transformed. Hmm. 
because that's how they have to replenish their population at this point because they can't reproduce because they're all female. So they usually take females from other places and then turn them into the dryads. And, and dryads are these kind of spirits that are the creatures that are directly connected with the forest itself. Kind of like the Greek dryads, a lot like the Greek, Greek dryads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we come back to court. Uh, we got two nobles there. One of them is, is crack on crate. Uh, I didn't, figure out who the other guy was, but they're arguing about manticores. Basically, <laughs> uh, you know, the small guy saying, uh, you know, I've killed a manticore. And the big guy's like, there's no way you did. How prove it. How many tails does it have? Or how many stingers does it have? They're trying to just basically boasting. man each other. Yeah. Essentially. Right. Um, and it's a pissing contest. Yes. And Calanthe's kind of informed that the guy over there, in the corner is Geralt of Rivia, um, the Witcher. And so she kind of calls him out and says, you know, the what you prove it, what what is it? Well, uh, which one of them is right? Uh, but I guess he tries to stay on good behavior instead of calling them both idiots because <laughs> yes, he gives him a look. Them, yeah, he, yeah, he, he almost, he almost does. He almost yeah. does. And then he backs yeah. up from it. Yeah. yeah. Neither one of them's correct, but he basically says maybe they encountered a rare subspecies or something that I've never encountered. Who knows? Um, and so Calanthe tries to urge him to tell the story of how she or how he slayed the elves at the edge of the world, the story with Phil Evandrel. Um, and he tells the truth about what happened, that he didn't actually kill any of them. He was captured and then he, he was let go and that he didn't kill anyone. And the, the audience <laughs> doesn't like that. They're like, Oh, and, but she's like, Oh, a man that's actually willing to tell the truth, even when it's not, you know, that flattering. All right. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come sit by me? Yeah. We're already getting we're already getting hints that Sintra is sort of especially racist against elves. Right. Um, oh, yeah. right. We've we've met the the young lad who who has elf ears around his neck uh, mm-hmm. in a previous episode, and I think it's been alluded to as well um, among the mages that Sintra is just like super anti elf. Um, mm. So the fact that he does this and people are like, oh, oh, kind of puts his, he's got a sort of social bravery on display here as well. Right. And, and this also uh, shows that Calanthe is um, clever enough to understand that he's not just playing to the crowd. That, mm. Like he doesn't have a reason for saying if, if he wanted to play the crowd, he would have told the story. Right? Yeah. He's not playing politics. He's not playing the crowd. He's actually probably telling the truth. And that she finds interesting. And that's the mm. first interesting thing that's happened in this room probably in a long time. And so she's going, all right, yeah, you come sit next to me. This is actually going to yeah. make my night interesting. All right, come on. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. sitting, you're, you're coming over here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, we get a little part where Lord Peregrine of Nilfgaard is trying to uh, basically show why he's worthy for P- Pavetta's hand um, in a very 
a very cringe display. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, don't don't just walk up to the queen and talk about putting your seed in his in her daughter, please. That's no <laughs> um, powerful seed. His potent seed. He has the most potent seed. Um, and we already know, you know, to Salanch, uh, to to Calanthe, that you know the fact that it's like, well, you can have a man. You could definitely have a man. Is a sticking point with her. Oh yeah. Um, so she, in as we know this is never going to happen. They've already got it arranged with, with Skellige. So, you know, she basically just insults him and he gets laughed off or out of the room, um, which no one respected him in the first place. They were trying to interrupt him every time he talked by playing some bagpipes. So nobody likes this guy. This is a laughing stock and he just gets booed out of here essentially. And then yep. we cut to our, our first seed. Oh, go ahead. If you're going to say something. Oh, no, no I'm, I'm just oh, agreeing just with like, you. Well, that won't come back to bite them, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, see, I think it, it mentioned that this dude isn't actually, like, important at all in Nilfgaard because she says, you know, are you going to dethrone the usurper yourself? Um, which we already learned that the usurper took over Nilfgaard from its previous foolish king uh and has mm. brought it into this mighty powerful kingdom um mm. and basically this dude's not going to amount to anything at this point anyways yeah but had they um but had they allied what happens later is less likely to happen there yeah. would have been some connective tissue there that would have yeah uh, enabled some sort of negotiation that may not mm. that may have at least helped if I don't know if Sintra would have been prevented from falling in the situation. Uh, this dude definitely would have been killed because uh, the usurper, <laughs> usurper wants, uh, I mean, or who knows at this point. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's uh, conjecture. We're in the field of conjecture. Yeah. So then we, we get to Yin, who's uh, in a carriage with this woman and a baby. Mm -hmm. uh, can we can we try to sum this part up relatively quickly? Because I feel like we're going to hit like an hour and a half mm -hmm. long podcast if we we're definitely going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like this, this I feel like this whole Yennefer subplot thing is fairly easy to consolidate. Yeah. Like this is a fairly easy, you know, do you want to do it all right now. Yeah, why don't, why don't we just consolidate consolidate all this stuff, right? Okay. She's she's hanging out with with who? Who's who's this lady? She's hanging out with the the wife of the king that she's in service to. Right. Um, this lady can't seem to produce a male heir at all. Right. She's got so a female the, baby with them, and yeah. they come across an assassin who tries to kill her, and Yen helps them get away through a series of portals until she gets the the wife tells her off because she's not doing her job. So he just ditches her. Yeah. Um, and then Yen basically tells her, she's like, this is an assassin because you haven't been able to produce a male heir. And she's like, what? That's no. And Yen's like, no, this is, you ran out of chances lady. Which, which is actually like a, was a pretty common thing, right? Like oh, yeah. if, if the queen couldn't produce a, a male heir, that she was just ki killed and he would go find a new wife to give it another shot. So uh, eventually this lady gets killed. Um, Yennefer tries to save the baby uh, and the baby gets killed anyways. Which is uh, really she, dark. Like uh, this is the first time I saw this episode. I was like, wow, they actually show like the death of a child. Like that's, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's especially a baby. Like that's really dark. Yeah. And Yennefer is just really upset over the death of his child and 
says, well, you, you had it better off anyways, though, because life sucks. Everything's a disappointment. So mm-hmm. you got the easy way out because you don't have to live it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Yin's having a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, okay. That threw me off. Let me come back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry I, just, I just figured that was a, a place Sorry. that we could kind of consolidate things. Cause there's not a whole lot of other, like, it doesn't really link to anything else in, the right, show, okay. in this, this episode. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I'd rather spend well, time uh, on things that are more important. Mid break here then. Since yeah, we, that we just went good. through all the part. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Well, we got to thank our patrons. We'll be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right. This is the part of the show where we get to thank our patrons and also read off some reviews. We don't have any new reviews on Apple Podcasts, but if you would like to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and you put some words in there, we'll read it out on a future episode. But thank you to all of our patrons, all 11 of you. This number keeps on climbing up and we're looking forward to our patron episode, which happens next week on Monday night, the 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Pacific and all of our lessons. We've got five of you and who knows, it might even we might grow another lesson by next week. You've still got another week to sign up before that episode happens. But um, we'll be sharing our our Zoom link for you guys uh, before the episode goes live. And everyone who is a lesson tier or higher can join us and we'll be chatting next week. Um, Toasty, do you know? Do you remember what we we're going to talk about? Did we come up with a topic? Uh, I think we're still asking the patrons. Yeah, we need you to solidify possible things for next week or next season. Yeah, I like, think I think it's mostly. Uh, I mean, the topic that I think we should do is uh, what we think is going to happen in season two. Some of our predictions and and things we expect to happen in season two. I think that would be a lot of fun to discuss that. But if you guys have some other thoughts and you want to share them on the Discord, feel free to do that as well. And you know, if we've helped you get through your work week, your workouts, your drive to work, or your cleaning your house and getting ready for Turkey Day because you've got a bunch of family coming over and they're all going to wear their shoes in your house, which is a thing we do here in America, which doesn't make any sense. And then you're just going to have to clean your house again after they leave, which is super weird. Why don't we just let everyone mess up the house that's already dirty and then only only clean it once. But if you listen to podcasts while that happens, then go to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast and check out all the different tiers, get ad-free episodes, join us on future episodes and all sorts of other stuff. So thank you to everybody who supports the show. It really does help me and Toasty make this a priority and get these episodes done every week. We really do appreciate it. All right, we've got more to talk about. So let's go back and talk about the rest of the episode. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. I feel like we hit a nerve there, Tom. I feel like I feel like that's a, big, a soft spot <laughs> this for is, you. There, this is one of the things that was like never rational when I was like a teenager growing up. My mom was like, "Oh, we need to clean the house. We have company coming over," and I'm like, "So we're going to clean the house. The company's going to come over. They're going to make a mess, and then we're going to clean the house again. Why don't we just let them make a mess in a messy house, and then we only have to clean the house once?" And she's like, "That's not how that yeah, works." To- you have to pretend that you you live in, in, in a clean house, sparkling right. cleanliness at all times. Oh, your house is so clean. It's like, no, that's not how our house is. <laughs> and she's like, well, we'll at least go clean your room. And I'm like, why? They're, why who, Why would <laughs> they even in, need yeah. to be in my room? <laughs> and and she's like, well, you don't want the, your room to be messy. And I'm like, tell you what, I'll fix it right now. And I would close my door and I'm like, 
no one <laughs> no one needs to see my room they're your friends i'll just leave my door closed anyway on with this on with the recap where were we <laughs> great. okay okay so we we come to this conversation between calanthe and gerald that we were uh kind of alluding to earlier where calanthe or gerald's very impressed with how calanthe the stuff that she's done to kind of thwart the male tradition like the rules of male tradition um where men are in charge and they make all the rules and she's yeah. doing how impressed he is with that. Um, and Kalanthi tries to uh, question about why there are less and less switchers around, um, which Gerald actually reveals that the, we can't make anymore. We don't have the means to, recreate witchers so. after the siege on Kermoran specifically mm -hmm. he notes mm -hmm. yeah so the different schools had their own ways of making witches but we'll just we'll simplify yeah that. yeah yeah he, he, he very, talks about their their specific situation yeah it's yeah. a very weird dynamic here because it as if they only know of the existence of the wolves in this because we know that other schools and whatnot don't really have a problem like the cats definitely don't have a problem recreating um but it's like the whole world really only acknowledges that the wolves are the ones maybe that that's just for this series though maybe that's just maybe in this in the netflix series maybe the wolf school is really the only one they're going to tackle for simplicity for the audience yeah mm, okay that might be it okay. fair enough so then this whole thing is interrupted uh as this night comes fighting his way into the, the room, the ballroom court. Yeah. Room, we would call it. He busts and open the door. He starts whacking people around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he, meanwhile, he's like, I'm sorry for the, the intrusion, your majesty, but I really <laughs> have to get here. Um, so, you know, he's just beating up guards while trying to be polite, which I love you know, that it's OK really to work. beat up guards on some level. It's just like, oh, those are just guards. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's in that contract. Right. And Calanthe's just really not having it. Uh, you know, this dude just barged into her courtroom, uh, beating up her guards, uh, intruding on her private party. She's not happy mm -hmm. uh, and orders this man to remove his helmet. And he tells her that he has a knight's vow that he cannot remove his helmet before the hour of midnight. Um and that he's really sorry about it. He's just trying to be real polite. I'm really, I'm really sorry about this. I can't, I can't take it off yet. You just got to wait. Yeah. Hey, look, he's just he's just trying. He's just trying to be safe, you know. Yeah. For... Well, he he doesn't want to scare everybody with his hedgehog face. Mm -hmm. And and then Ice is like, yeah, screw that. Yeah. So he did, this guy gets his helmet knocked off, uh, and it's revealed that he's got this kind That's of. Why you wear a chin strap? yeah fair uh, so he's got this like spiky hedgehog looking head uh and these these like bulgy eyes and this snout for a face kind of um this dude's not human or he doesn't appear to be human at least um and calanthe wants him dead for this reason so he's telling she's telling Geralt, you know kill him we, kill that's him. he's a monster, monster. Kill you're him. the witcher kill him and Geralt says no this man is cursed and like 
so he's just a dude who's been cursed. Yeah. I, I'm not going to kill somebody who's been cursed. Right. There's a difference between somebody who has a curse on them and a monster. Like, yeah, let's, let's understand this. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh, go ahead. And he's obviously intelligent as well, which is a pretty big distinction for Geralt as well. Yeah. And so the guards attack him. Uh, he's kind of beating up guards. And then he shouts how, Pavetta is his by the right of the law of surprise. And this is, this is like the big, the big words we're hearing here. Um, mm -hmm. But he really only has time to say that because he's in a big fight with a bunch of guards. And <laughs> so they start attacking him. He's holding his own for a while. He's incredibly skilled as a knight because he's really holding his own for quite a bit until he gets kind of blindsided, knocked to the floor. And it seems like, it's the death of him until Geralt decides that it's his turn to enter the fight on the side of this, this man, this Urchion. Um, and go so good old Geralt not getting involved. Yep. See, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there <laughs> That's is. what we were talking about. Um, no one notices him vault the table either. He just, once he's in the fight, Oh, right, there he is. Yeah. And it's, it's a very, the way they did this episode was a little bit different because in in the the story in the books he's like invited by calanthe to this place though he does she doesn't want anyone to know that so she's got his swords stored behind her chair and that's how he gets access to them in this in the first place because he doesn't i don't believe he has his swords on him here so um he just has one <laughs> he just has he probably i mean he could easily just elbow a guard we've, and take his sword we've yeah. already seen around. him just like punch people and take their weapons off of them like yeah a few times already yeah. so uh and Geralt enters the fight they're working together and then uh iced uh tirsa comes in which i didn't realize just how cool he was in this situation <laughs> Like he, he makes quite an entrance, just knocks a dude over the head with a chair and then says, you know, the law of surprise has been invoked. So if you want to get to them, you got to go through me, uh -huh. um, which everyone seems fine to do. But I mean, they're going to lose. Let's be honest. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so, just turns into a big old brawl. It's a big old brawl. And then Calanthe picks up a sword herself from a guard who just got downed. Uh, kicks him down the stairs. Uh, that's one of her guards. She's really excessive. Here. Um, <laughs> and she comes in the fight. It seems like she's going straight for ice to kill him. Uh, but then she cuts down the dude behind him to, to save him. And we get this, this very, uh, this very meaningful look between the two to really suggest something. <laughs> um, let me get past the Jennifer parts where I'm <laughs> we already went over that. Uh, and so eventually this fight ends Calanthe calls it you know stop everyone stop fighting because it's just a, a meaningless brawl at this point and Pavetta runs to Dooney or well to Urchion and she she refers to him as Dooney um, so it shows that she's she knows him somehow she she has a connection with this guy she hugs him and that it, it get, he tells us the story of how he saved King Ragnar, which was Calanthe's husband back when he was alive, uh, from death. And in order 
or for payment, he invoked the law of surprise and told him, you know, I want whatever you have at home that you do not know you have, essentially, uh, which we know now is Pavetta, who whenever King Ragnar comes home and Pavetta's been born, so Calanthe's had his child. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is the claim. And it's a big risk, as Iced is telling us, that you know, he could come home to a brand new wagon or something. There's really no <laughs> determining Look, what dear, I got some apples at the at the local market. <laughs> yeah, Wonderful. So it, you don't know what you could get whenever you invoke the law of surprise. It could be essentially nothing or it could be something like this which is attributed to destiny so if in a situation like this where you know the law of surprise presents you with a child that it must be destiny who's trying to bind these two fates together mm-hmm. somehow um and Calanthe's really just not having it she doesn't really believe in it especially because this is a deal that was made by men like two men, men made this agreement with each other freaking men and yeah yeah um and so she's even trying to look to other people for assistance here and she gets to Geralt and Geralt just says that destiny is what people believe uh brings order to yeah. all this to explain this, the terrible things that happen yeah like yeah. he doesn't believe in destiny but he does believe in keeping a promise right which in this situation that would be Pavetta the destiny stuff kind of helps shortcut the idea of like a person being a prize is kind of a bit problematic, especially if it's like a person, <laughs> like a woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's more like, it's like less like you own them. Um, and, and more like, you know, y- you, you become entwined with them. You become linked with them. Right. It's like um, the laws of the universe have bound you together. Yeah. And the witches in the, in the sort of wider law, the witches use the law of surprise a little bit because um, it gives them kind of new children to, to train in their schools because um, very commonly when someone comes back from a conflict or a dangerous situation, Oh, there's the, the first sort of surprising thing is often a child mm-hmm. um, just because that's how it works. So it's sort of a very old, very sacred thing, especially, especially important to witches because they, they end up with new initiates from that, uh, from that tradition. Uh, and someone in the chat saying it's like, they didn't, they didn't kind of quite lay out how, to, how old and how important it is. Um, it's just sort of this thing that is kind of convenient to the story, but I feel like, yeah, it, there's, there's a sort of wider significance to it. It's sort of an old, it feels sort of almost elemental in its, in its power, this law of surprise thing. Right. 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 And that's, it's a very big thing because there's an even further detail for witchers whenever it comes to the law of surprise, because they believe that at least those of the wolf school at this point believe that like you can make a witcher from a child of surprise without mutagens. So you don't need the mutagens and stuff, which they've lost. They don't know how to make anymore. So they believe that's the only way they can make new children of surprise, which more, more, witchers are more witchers. Sorry. Right. right. Um, which in this situation later on, we find out that's kind of true. Like in the Witcher three, uh-huh. it's not exactly, Siri's not exactly a Witcher, but 
but she's something she more than just a human. Yes, sure. and right. she can definitely hold her own, probably better than other witchers, but still. Yeah. Um, and so, gosh, um, it it seems like Pavetta or not Pavetta, Calanthe is trying or is going to accept it. Like she's been outnumbered. Everyone's telling her how important this is, the bad things that'll happen if she doesn't adhere to this. So she gives up her sword to iced and, you know, holds out her hand. Like she's going to accept Dooney and then tries to stab him <laughs> whenever he gets really close, uh, her last ditch effort. Uh, and Pavetta screams, and then this massive like force just erupts from her and just knocks everyone in the room back except for Dooney. So it's just her and Dooney in this like swirling vortex. Um, and it's this really like long scene of just kind of her speaking in elder speech um, and people struggling. Geralt tries to break them apart to no avail and then he has to work together with Malsak uh and take down a potion in order to like actually like stop this stuff from happening and once it's finally over Kalanthi you know comes to her daughter and says you know I thought my grandmother's gift had skipped you like it had skipped me so it shows that this whatever this is that just happened is like a bloodline trait of some kind. So it runs in their family. Um, and because my wife was asking me while we were watching this, I'm wondering if the hair color has anything to do with this trait as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> purely because Calanthe has I mean, dark genetics hair. are a real thing in the witch universe. So, you know, yeah. yeah. So, you yeah. know, that's Calanthe an interesting has dark hair and no power while Pavetta and Siri have, you know, the lighter colored ashen hair. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. So I don't know. I just, I just, she asked me like, why is her hair dark and her hair so light? Like it was like, I don't know. And then I was like, but wait, uh -huh. what if? Mm. <laughs> so now, you know, that has me questioning everything. That's great. Blondes are magical. You had it. Blondes are magical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Kalanthi finally accepts that, you know, you know, destiny's choice and says, you know, they'll be, they'll be wedded here. Um, destiny's choice. That sounds like a cheap brand at like a wholesale distributor. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, and then iced kind of walks up and says, uh, if you want to challenge her, you'll have to challenge me as well because, uh, she's accepted my proposal. Um, which is, yeah, it's like a real sideline thing. I thought this wasn't supposed to. She didn't want to marry you, but apparently they've had this whole thing going on. Um, so we come back to Siri, who is having a dream or maybe a vision of kind of the atrocities that are being committed by Nilfgaard and specifically the the feathered knight that we've seen pursuing her. Um, he's just like killing a bunch of people. This is real dark red. Um, she wakes up and Dara has drank the water already. And he's feeling chill. He's feeling real chill. Um, <laughs> and he's telling her, you know, everything will be fine. You know, just got to drink the water. Every and little thing is going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's just yes. like grooving. There's like just grooving. Playing yep. a guitar. Three little birds. <laughs> 
outside my doorstep. (laughs) And so Siri then drinks the water and nothing happens. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. I guess the water doesn't actually do anything. Who knows? Um, And that's when Ithana tells her that she needs to come with her, that Sean Kayan calls to her. Um, I did try to do a little bit of research on this and I think that was just a show thing from the looks of it because I couldn't particularly find anything like a staff. It seems to be the spirit of the forest itself. Yeah, it's like this main tree, this big, like, I guess the tree. It's very important. Um, so we go back to uh, the the banquet hall and Kalanthi is marrying Dooney and Pavetta. Uh, together and Dooney's curse gets lifted. So he and I turns like him from, before, but <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was a real nice dynamic of the fact that, you know, Pavetta fell in love with him, even though he was a hedgehog person. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, that was before nice. midnight. Yeah. Before midnight. So, but he turns back. He he now looking like a a regular dude, um, and basically all is happy essentially. Uh, and Geralt's like, "All right, well, Gaskier, don't do stupid things anymore because it looks like he's about to do something stupid again." Um, and he's like, "Oh yeah, of course, of course, yes, of course." And then he never does course. anything stupid ever again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. So he. Geralt's leaving and Dooney tells him, you know, uh, I owe you a great debt. You know, what can I do to repay you? And Geralt's like, I really, you know, you do the same for me. It's not a big deal. I really don't want anything. It's fine. And Dooney's insisting that he doesn't want to start a new life with debt. Uh, And so Geralt's like, fine, I guess. I guess I'll, you know, invoke the law of surprise as you did. And, uh, you give me what you have, but do not yet know. <laughs> and Kalanthi's just like, Oh no, what have you done? Um, and Geralt's just like, you know, destiny doesn't matter. I don't care. Destiny can go F itself. I'll go, uh, I'll come back for my bumper. It doesn't even matter. I won't be coming back here for my bumper crop or my, yeah. <laughs> my five apples or my new wagon. It does not matter. It does not matter. Uh, but as he's, you know, kind of going in this tirade, uh, Pavetta has a little bout of morning sickness. <laughs> which is it's just tv shorthand for i'm pregnant it's like oh she oh, yeah. threw up randomly she everyone's like you're pregnant you threw yeah. up <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, right so and then calanthe's like oh no pavetta are you <laughs> and everything's like and then we get the iconic Geralt fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's just he just goes to leave he doesn't he's he's done um pulls his but, sword from a table in the corridor outside yeah and Mousak runs after him. They're out in the hallway and Mousak is telling him, you know, you, you've invoked the law of surprise. This child is your destiny. It's a real heart uh, to heart. He's really yeah. concerned. And he's yeah. telling him, you know, the things that you'll cause if you do not adhere to destiny. Geralt, you'll destroy the world, buddy. Yeah. And you're going to kill like, all of us. <laughs> sure. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and then he tells, you know, Mousak, you know, if you're going to stay here, which Mousek says he's going to stay to teach Pavetta how to control her powers because he doesn't want something like that happening again. And Geralt tells him, you know, 
there's a lot back. of backstabbing in court essentially a really fancy way of saying or more likely it, poisoning he kind of yeah. throws that in there yeah tells him yeah. you know watch his back uh old friend and then he leaves mm-hmm. and we end off with back in Rockalon. they go to the tree and Ithna kind of gouges this big knife mark into the tree and it starts like leaking this kind of glowing water stuff and she tells siri that she needs to drink directly from the source so siri goes drinks the water and then has this vision of a tree (laughs) 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 because it's it's it cuts to this really starry field it's like nice and like kind of black and white and glowing and mysterious and then there's just this tree with leaves kind of running into the heavens i i'm not sure it's really cool i'm not sure what this is supposed to be it's like (laughs) the spirit of the forest it's it's shenkai i guess yeah so the series gonna talk to a tree well the tree's like what the hell are you yeah yeah what are you i'm not a tree Oh. Yeah, Shan Kayan. <laughs> yeah, so that you know, just a little hint that that Siri is kind of more, kind of more destined, and and now you know we know from that previous scene that Pavetta's child is Siri, right? We finally got that link up. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. we know that that the Siri's parents died and Calanthe's her grandmother, so we have already we already know we we finally got those things here. Just go and all link back up together. Right. So we finally know why she's looking for Geralt. She's looking, you know, why they're destined to, to meet up with each other and, and and can't escape that. So it's quite nice. This is where that all starts to tie up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, are are we, are we still doing our rating systems here, Tom? Are we going to rate this episode too? (laughs) Oh, what about the Frangilla part? Oh yeah. Right. I, so completely they, skipped over they, we, that. we skip up to like the current day stuff and Frangilla and the Nilfgaardians find Kilanthi's body and they cut out a chunk of her wrist and, and uh, eats it. creepy, creepy dude eats it, gets all like jittery. And then Frangilla stabs him and cuts his guts out. They spill on the ground. And then she's like, mm, I, I know we're serious now. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, I, I looked that up, uh, it's actually a a uh, called anthropomancy, which is the I guess a magic that involves reading uh, someone's entrails. Yeah, human uh, human guts. Anthropomancy. Human, human. Yeah. Which it's like that's like a big thing though to like go through. You literally have to sacrifice a person. Yeah. Because it seems fine with it. Yeah. He he obviously he's a you know a fanatic of some sort. You know, yeah. Yeah. willing to do this. But well, they were still, probably like listen, you're going to eat that thing and we're going to kill you or we're going to kill you in a really worse way. <laughs> Which one do you want to do? Probably. I think he does it for the glory of the empire. He just seems, yeah. he seems pretty fanatical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Nilfgaard's got some fanatical mages. So, you know, they know uh, where Ciri's at and, you know, the guy's saying, Hey, we can send in 12,000 troops to the forest to get her, you know, mm-hmm. no big deal. Mm-hmm. And they're told, you know, you got to be more subtle about this. Uh, and it's revealed that Mausak is still alive. Um, and I guess Kair is going to try to use him for something to get 
Siri back the easier way. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we, we get we get the reveal of uh, Dematerium as well, which is um, like an anti-magic metal. It's sort of very briefly mentioned, but it's a kind of, uh, it's one of those nice kind of law things is there are, there is a way to sort of lock down magic and it's this, this metal. Um, uh, and they even kind of throw in the detail that he, he throws up because that's what, uh, Dematerium does to a magic user. If they're kind of in contact with it is it makes them nauseous and physically sick and weak. Well, so one of the things we do is we rate the episode when we're done out of 10 Witcher medallions, one to 10. That's a lot of Witcher medallions. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a 10, it's 10 point scale, hundred percent. Right. So, um, Toasty, you want to go first? I think our guests should go first. You want to go first? So out of, out of a scale, Ooh, put scale me on 10. The spot. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so <laughs> for example, previous episodes have gotten, uh, like the first episode got what? Eights and nines. This is yes. pretty, pretty solid. Nines. Nines. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty solid episode. Episode one, pretty solid. Uh, episode two and three kind of got more middle scores. Yeah. Mm. Still high. I personally, high, high middle. I personally think this is a great episode. I think it's a great episode for um, the performances of, of the actors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like putting Geralt in a different context, which is really fun. There's some funny stuff, some exciting stuff, some magic stuff, some lore stuff. The Yennefer stuff doesn't really link in. It's probably the weak part of the episode. It's just sort of her doing a side story. Um, so it feels a little bit disconnected. So it kind of take some points away for that. Although it is, you know, pretty well done. It's kind of dark. It does um, justify but, where things are going in the next episode for her. So it's kind of necessary. Sure. For, for sure. The, yeah, for the flow. It's that. sort of necessary but, connective tissue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the, the villainous assassin is a bit cliche with his like silent stare and, uh-huh. and whatever. <laughs> the fact that he's got a cool monster pet is, is fun. Uh, but I think that slightly kind of reduces that. And it was, uh, the kind of my, my kind of overall rating, but I do also like the way this episode starts to really justify the non chronology of the series so far, mm-hmm. where it's like, aha, now we know how Sintra Siri and Gera are all tied together. Mm-hmm. And that feels really satisfying. Like, oh, okay, I get why it's being told in this order. And the dramatic irony it gives you, you know, knowing how Calanthe meets her end and you knowing how how Siri, you know, uh, runs away. It all it all kind of like ties up really nicely. And I, I like that a lot. So I'll give it a I'll give it a nine. Okay. Yeah, nine, I give it a nine. Nine. Okay. And I really okay. liked it. I really, I really like this okay. episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think those are, that's a lot of good justifications. I also will give it a nine because, uh, for, I I agree with all that stuff. I also think that this episode treats its audience like we're smart. I don't think it, it, it doesn't go out of its way to kind of point things out in a very like, Hey audience, this is this thing because of this thing and this thing. So we're going to just tell it to you right here. It just kind of shows you stuff and then expects you to kind of go, Oh yeah. Okay. I see how this connects. This is connected to this. Okay. I get it. You know, like it doesn't go out. It explains things, but it doesn't go out of his way to make it super obvious mm-hmm. and treat mm-hmm. you like you're a dummy. So I appreciate that as well. Okay. Toasty. Uh, so, so do you want me to rate based on like a separation from all the other Witcher stuff or, or with my knowledge of the other Witcher stuff? Uh, if just on this episode, not let's, let's not rate it on how well it matches up to the books, because I think that that's, uh, like the, the, the goal 
I would argue, this is just from my perspective, I would argue that a movie or a book adaptation of a story shouldn't gain or lose points on how accurate it is to a direct adaptation of the story from the book from the from the book it should it not not a literal adaptation but a spiritual adaptation how well does it carry forth the spirit of the story not necessarily the literal th events of the story does that make sense yeah, I mean, just okay. how good it stands up as well as a, as a piece of entertainment as a piece well. as a piece on its own right Okay. Yeah. So, for example, think, uh, for, uh, just real quick, for for an example, I think the Lord of the Rings movies are distinctly different from the Lord of the Rings books in many ways that are very important and different. But on their own, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, and, and even the theme, <laughs> like the theme of Aragorn, like in the books, Aragorn yeah, wants yeah. to be the king. In the movies, he doesn't want to be the king. It's a very distinct mm. difference. But the yeah. movies do stand on their own in in a spirit of the books kind of way and yeah. do make a place for themselves in in the greater concept of lord of the rings so so forget everything you know right i can't <laughs> just erase <laughs> it from would, your brain I, I, then i can't do this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, try, try okay. not to dock points just because they like didn't put the sword behind her chair or something like that yeah is my point. well no so the reason i say that is because this is probably the most controversial episode when it comes mm -hmm. to the lineup because the whole broccolon storyline is supposed to be like the first time Geralt actually meets siri mm. he's not part of it at all like he's supposed to go through this whole thing with her. Like, you know, basically he doesn't know who she is, but she's a little girl in the woods. The dryads are like, okay, we're going to make her a dryad because we need more. Like we need to keep the population up. So they were going to turn her into it. And when it finally turns out that she can't be because her destiny is entwined with Geralt's and therefore the waters of Brokolon don't work on her. So it's one of the bigger parts. I know a lot of people really didn't like that, that aspect because it really skips out like a crucial bonding thing. Cause he does really bond with Siri here. Mm -hmm. um, but so separating it out, uh, I'll, I probably also give it like a nine. Um, I, I did. I know that the, the Yennefer stuff was probably the weaker side of things, but I did really enjoy watching that part specifically just for like, the actress and how she kind of like goes through this whole thing. Cause we get to, we've seen so many different sides of her at this point. Cause we've mm. seen her at her like pig girl lowest before when pig she's girl, pig girl all the way up to like Tom insists on calling her. Yeah. Uh, to, she was to pig her girl. That's who she point. was. That's what they called her. Yeah. 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 And then to, to her highest point of like, you know, when she, you know, walks into that ballroom uh and now and she's disillusioned and yeah yeah everything's everything's kind of falling apart she thought she was going to have it all and uh, turns out everything's a disappointment i just really liked seeing that performance but mm. yeah so nine out of ten for me awesome awesome well i think Good those are all tv those are all solid takes <laughs> and yeah and you know what if they keep if they keep at this kind of level of of quality for season two i think we're you know heck that's great I feel like they're going to do better mm. in season two. If they do better, that's even awesome. That's even I feel like they're going to do better. That's amazing. So, I have a feeling. Yeah. Well, Phil, thank you for joining us. This has been super. Uh, having your input on this episode has been really cool. My too. pleasure. And um, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any ways people can get a hold of you or check out your stuff? 
Uh, yeah, just uh, to reiterate that we uh, are Baby Beard Media, which you can uh, find on Twitter, and uh, we have Discord as well. Uh, it's at Baby Beard Media on Twitter to follow what we're doing. Uh, and as I say, our main thing is Roll to Cast. It's R O L E. About to start our own season of The Witcher called The Blood Soaked Rose. That starts on Friday. Uh, you can find us on Spreaker, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Please do check it out. Um, we're really excited to be tackling The Witcher ourselves. So I uh, hope you guys like it. Awesome. They're really good. Awesome. I listen, Thank I've you. listened to every episode <laughs> they've ever done. They're really good. <laughs> By the way, Toasty, Toasty loves playing those games too. So if ever you're looking for like a, a fun little somebody to pop I in. Don't. For, mm -mm. Mm -mm. don't do it. Yeah, I cannot. I would be uh -huh. an embarrassment. Uh -huh to the the quality that they have over there because like, <laughs> these guys are all professionals they're all professionals whenever you're looking for I somebody to jump in for like just a one little episode to just be like a big part I'll deliver you an NPC. Online. Yeah. a little npc I'll a line or who, who makes a fool of themselves for just <laughs> one just, episode yeah oh god i'm gonna embarrass myself here no okay don't, don't right call there. me out like that right there. Tosi, oh. you got anything else you want to share before we go uh, just <laughs> Oh man, uh, just the usual stuff. Uh, follow us at Witcher Lorecast on uh, Twitter. Um, go check out the uh, Avatar Legends uh, Journey of the Elements uh, with the Fumbling Fork group as I joined them for an Avatar T, T Avatar Legends TTRPG. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow our twitter account and all that stuff you guys know where my stuff is all the shows on the robots radio network are awesome so go take a look at the list over on the robots radio discord or on robotsradio.net also i released recently a book about how to do a video game podcast and not only create it but also turn it into something that could be a success and potentially start a career like i did with my shows so you can check that out at robotsradio.net slash book if you want to maybe dive into that for yourself. I took all the things running around in my brain, stuck it into a book and made it as easy as possible for you. So you don't have to spend years figuring it out like I did. So that's available. Also, I stream every morning on YouTube on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. You can just search that and get to that. And of course, there's all the other lore casts that I do and lots of fun ways that you can engage with our community. So we'd love to have you join us on the Discord or shoot us some tweets or whatever. We're just so glad that you guys join us every week. And thank you for being here. All right. Well, Toasty, what do, what do we say when we sign off? Stay safe on the path. All right, dude. See you guys later. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week for the patron episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.